shout out to our radio affiliates kicking it terrestrial land i am gable Morancy, kicking it portrait uh, bloody sunday we throw it down big man on campus barstool sports uh will return and step back up and in uh, with us in a moment uh, or two as we uh, pick up the pieces following week 12 of the national football league and big man on campuses philadelphia eagles throw it down on monday night football against the seattle a big game for the Seattle Seahawks. And I'll tell you what, big man, you know, one team, and I'm not saying this team's going to the Super Bowl, but one team that you can't discount, and I don't I don't really want to be playing them next week, the San Francisco 49ers are getting healthier, and Shanahan's a hell of a coach, but the Bay Area situation is a serious situation right now in which I think that the county is overreacting and you guys know I'm actually on the side of caution when it comes to the virus. But at the same point in time, listen, if the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers play football in an empty stadium in Santa Clara next Monday, they're not killing anybody. All right. Nobody's dying because the Buffalo Bills, these people get tested all the time. And now you hear people, we'll get big man on campus's thoughts on this on the other side. But now you hear people all the time. There's a lot, there's big complaints going on right now about athletes. And they said, well, athletes are getting preferential treatment and athletes are using all these tests and, you know, nurses can't get tests. I saw nurses were complaining the other day that athletes were hoarding tests and stuff. And you know what the problem is? Listen, these sports leagues should be donating tests. That's what they did in Italy because they knew it was going to piss people off with Serie A players. We're going to have big men on campus, Serie A picks as well. They, they knew it's going to piss people off if Serie A players get all the tests and we don't do it. So they were smart. For every test that the Syria does, they donate a test. They donate one to the hospital. So they're like, yeah, yeah we donated 100,000 test kits, and we're using 100,000. Fine, but let's just be real here, and let's cut to the chase. Should athletes and professional sports teams and college sports teams be treated differently and get preferential treatment? In the words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, hell yeah, of course they should. You're, if you're going to shut everything down in the middle of a pandemic. And you're going to tell people not to go outside. You're going to tell people to sit there alone and not have visitors. You better at least put a damn football game on TV for them. All right? You better put at least a damn college basketball game, college football game. Don't take, don't shut everything down. You know what I'm saying? You already shut everything down. Don't take away people's entertainment as well. That's all people have left right now. Big man on campus steps back up and in. We've got news as far as the Bay Area. Ed Moore, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, you know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Late Night Anger Management Class continues. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down. Big man on campus. Going to kick with us uh, for a couple of more minutes. Check out his podcast tomorrow. Breaking it down. We'll get to some college uh, basketball uh, here. Uh, Monday's games. But I was just saying, big man, before... As far as athletes uh, getting special uh, special treatment, yeah, they should get special treatment. 
Would you rather, would people rather? People bitch, oh, oh, look, the athletes are getting tested, and then they cry, oh, how come uh, Thursday Night Football's not on? Well, because they all have COVID, all right? Like, people should be entertained. Uh, even Cuomo, the grandstander, even said, you know, yeah, we want the Yankees back, even if it's not fans, so people at least have something to watch on TV. They are locked at home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, big man, if you're going to lock people at home, then don't take away sports from them. Sports is uh, ultra safe. They're the one, like, you know, sports is like an entity that's actually taking care of themselves. Look, they like all the leagues have handled COVID better than the, any government has. They've come up with ideas and solutions. Um, so to me, big man, um, and basically it's funny, just quickly, a couple of years ago, the DEA met with all the NFL team doctors, all right? We're going to ask Chow about this. He was probably there. And the DEA told the NFL team doctors, listen, you guys got to stop smuggling drugs every Sunday. And basically they said, you can't bring thousands of pills across state lines and it's all undocumented in the NFL, right? You're supposed to be documented, big men. You know what I mean? All right, we gave three painkillers to Kill Little Mac. We gave four Percocet to him. You know what I mean? But it's not big man. It's like basically like Tic Tacs in the room, right? So people are just popping whatever they want. And so the DEA told them, um, the only people that are allowed, the only plane that is allowed to fly with drugs across state lines is Air Force One. And one of the team doctors said, well, we're as important as the president. And the DEA said, what? And the doctor said, he said, well, what? He goes, what would America be without, he goes, basically, he goes, NFL is America. And he said, without pills and drugs, there is no NFL football every Sunday. And the DA said, so really, this is your stance. And all the doctors started mouthing off back at the DA guy. And you know it was the Cowboys guy, because it said, one of the doctors said, yeah, whatever said, whatever, our owner has every senator in his back pocket, and they all started laughing. And But the point is, it's true, big man. People want their NFL football on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? And and it's the same thing now. Like, yeah, athletes <laughs> should get tested preferentially so we can have entertainment on television. But why do we have to worry about whether people can get tested or not? We, we should have to worry about it. If people did their job, we wouldn't have to worry about tests. There should be enough tests for everybody. We shouldn't still be doing this. What are we, eight months into this? We're still worried about if certain people can get tested or not? I mean, what are we, what are we doing here? That's a good point. And another thing is, too, I do believe that if you want to get tested, you can. You got to jump through hoops. You got to wait and do whatever. But I believe you can get tested pretty much uh, wherever you are uh, right now. All right, big man, let's get down to business here. Uh, Davidson in Texas up at noon. Uh, Texas lays seven and a half, 136 and a half. I see Providence and Indiana on the board here. The Hoosiers minus one and a half against the Friars. Totals 140 and a half. Duquesne lay five and a half. Arkansas Little Rock, 144 and a half. Boston College and St. John's, interesting uh, game. I saw St. Peter's give St. John's all they can handle the other night, big man. Uh, Boston College and St. John's, one and a half, 147 and a half. Let's start with that game. What do you What do you make of that game? Uh, Boston College and the Johnnies? Uh, doesn't do a whole hell of a lot for me. I think St. John's a pretty bad basketball team. Uh, and if you look at Boston College, you know, nice start to the season. You took Villanova uh, really to the final five minutes of the game, came back, beat a good Rhode Island team. Definitely been a nice surprise so far. They have some pretty good players there. A lot of transfers that have come in for, for Jim Christian, but 
you know, they played well starting out the, the you know, starting out the season. They had a lot of injuries last year. I think every one of their starting five had an injury at some point. But, you know, they get Winston Tabs back, who's their, their best player. They brought in yeah. some transfers from Providence to Quinnipiac, a rider. Uh, they're all playing well together. This is a pretty solid team. I kind of had them towards the bottom of the ACC, which I think a lot of people did. But uh, I would definitely take them in any sort of three points or less against St. John's. I think St. John's a pretty bad team. Uh, they didn't yeah, look good like, against St. Peter's, barely won that. You got a mid-tier, a mid-to-bottom mid-tier, like middling Big East team against an ACC team. And like you said, I like what I saw from BC. You know what I liked about it? Their tenaciousness, big man. These kids really battled on the boards and stuff. They're a physical basketball team. So they got some big kids with wide shoulders and stuff. Um, I like the makeup of this Boston College team. I do. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised by this. I'm like, really? I don't know. Like, or why do people think St. John's are this good? I don't, I don't really get that. What do you think of uh, Texas? What do you think of Texas and Davidson in the morning here? Texas and uh, Davidson. Yeah, well, look, Davidson's never going to beat you athletically. They're never going to have the best uh, athletic players, but their offense is always very good. They don't turn the ball over. This team this year is very good from three. They've got three or four snipers. They have a superstar in Kellen Grady, really good player. Uh, you know, and they don't beat themselves. That's always been one of the, the whole things about Bob McKillop teams. Even when Stephen Curry was there, they were well, you know, really high basketball IQ. Don't turn it over. Their issue's always been defense. Uh, Texas has a lot of glitz and glam this year. This kid, Greg Brown, who I've talked about on your show, uh, yep. I think he's the greatest dunker I've seen in, in some time. Um, you know, they didn't really have to do much in game one to get a win. This is a tough spot. It's basically a neutral floor, but it's it's a glorified home game for Davidson in Asheville. So, you know, the, the number opened nine and a half, ten. It's down to seven and a half. I, I think this probably shows you that Texas isn't going to have Andrew Jones, one of their, their guards, um, and probably a spot where when you look at Texas, under Shaka Smart as a favorite, uh, they're 29 and 37 as a favorite. So they have not been a good favorite. I don't want to lay points with Texas. Gun in my head, I'd probably take Davidson, but I think it's a tough basketball game because I can make cases for both sides. Texas could out-athletic Davidson, but Davidson, a good offensive team, don't beat themselves. As you mentioned, uh, we talked about him last week, one of the top uh, recruits in the nation, Greg Brown. Uh, he had a double-double in his first college game. A uh, double-double, 11 points and uh, 10 rebounds. They blew out uh, Rio Grande Valley, 91-55. This is interesting, guys, because you're going to see Maui, Maui, Maui. Yet it's not in Maui. They didn't go to Hawaii. So it's still called the Maui Tournament. It's still the Maui uh, Invitational, but it's actually taking place in Asheville, North Carolina. All right, so it's I think invitation. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess you know Maui still gets the bang for their buck, but you're right. Uh, the, uh, the the it's in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, the term doesn't the total feel a little light, big man, at one thirty six and a half. Feels a little light to me. Uh, well, I think the problem you have there is Texas is always going to play pretty deliberate. They don't usually run. Yeah. And Davidson, for as efficient as they are, they're a very slow-tempo team usually. Yeah, it does seem a little light. I kind of had it at like, you know, I don't know, 79 and a half? 70 or something. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little you low, know, probably. Like, I'm seeing 136 and a half. I would sort of think, you know, 139 and a half, 140. 
Yeah. I think we can get yeah, there. Sure. Like I, I think I think we can get there uh, into the mid twenties. All right, we only got a couple of minutes left uh, with big man uh, here. What else is on the board tomorrow? We got Bowling Green App State, Auburn, UCF. UCF is one and a half point favorites against Auburn, 141. Obviously, UCF getting some respect here, big man, with this number. Yeah, UCF hasn't played yet. Auburn has. They've looked horrible defensively. They're without their best player, Shreve Cooper, who's still out for eligibility issues. Bruce Pearl mentioned in a, in a news conference that uh, this team has uh, a real problem tomorrow because UCF hasn't played. UCF always good defense. They brought in some really good transfers. They should be a favorite at home. Um, and the way Florida allows fans, I'm sure it'll be a full house down there. Uh, Florida's nutty. But, yeah, I, li- I actually like UCF tomorrow. That's a favorite play I'm on. All right, so listen, uh, great stuff, Big Man. Check out Big Man's uh, podcast uh, wherever you download your favorite podcast. You can check out his blogs over at Barstool Sports. Follow him on Twitter, Big Man on Campus. Great stuff as always, Big Man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Late night anger management class continues. That your rage. All right, great job, uh, Master Control tonight. Uh, Yang getting it done, despite the fact that Kentucky uh, cost him. Uh, we're always going to be a day late and a dollar short. Today, I was a half punt uh, short. Man, you know, listen, the punt props have been pretty good to us. They've been very good to us, actually. So it's been a very good, it's been a good constant uh, for us. Um, but the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills never punt, all right? The Bills punt the least in the National Football League, like literally, along with Carolina for some reason, somehow. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how that makes sense, but, you know, it is it is what it is. Yeah, Car- Carolina, Carolina doesn't punt the ball either. But so the Bills punted three times today, but Anthony Lynn and the Chargers punted six times. The punt prop was eight and a half. It was like a $600 swing for me. A half a stupid punt. <laughs> Even Mike Cardano. Uh, the guru here, the GM of the network, was uh, saw the show earlier, and he asked me, hey, how, what, what happened in your punt prop? I saw you worried about that. <laughs> I, said, I said, I lost by half a punt. He started laughing, half a punt. Yeah, you, Normally, you don't hear that. Yeah, half a punt. Lost by half a punt. And it's Anthony Lynn's fault. So listen, people are flipping out about the play calling late near the goal line and stuff. Yeah, whatever. They screwed up. It is what it is. We don't know the real story about what happened. I'll tell you what, earlier in the year, when they played the Chiefs, remember Justin Herbert in his first game, he played really well, but Herbert screwed up. Herbert screwed up, like, on the two-yard line late in the game, actually. He misread something, or it was a miscommunication, and he screwed up. 
and they didn't throw him under the bus, but everyone sort of knew what happened. So I don't know what happened today. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know the real deal. That's the thing. It's hard to talk about this stuff because coaches aren't really going to tell you. What's he going to say? Oh, yeah. You know what? Herbert screwed it up. And the thing is, yeah, it happens with the Chargers a lot, but it happens a lot of teams. I remember Eli Manning, you know, a couple of times. Like, remember Eli against Dallas one night on prime time? They were on the goal line, and Eli, you know, he, he ran the ball, and he said he didn't know, and there was miscommunication and blah, blah, blah. Miscommunication will happen sometimes. But I'm not ready to let Anthony Lynn go because of what happened today late in a football game that they were about to lose anyways. But the thing is, Anthony Lynn's conservatism is a problem in a modern NFL. And look, he punted six times today. He's punting from midfield and stuff. And it's just, you know, it doesn't work, coach. It doesn't work. There was a time he punted. I think he punted from the Bills 48-yard line. Yeah, I think it was like fourth and seven or something, fourth and six, whatever it was. But the thing is, coach, you got to plan ahead of time and go, you know what? Let's, this is, you know, this is, this is going to be four down territory here. We're running out of racetrack. And instead, he punts the ball. And of course, the Bills just went down the field and scored after. <laughs> like, or the Bills went down and kicked the field goal or whatever. It was like, yeah, good job, coach. Good thing that, you know, good thing that you didn't go for it. But there's been too many late game breakdowns with the Chargers consistently. And like, what's the pattern? It's Anthony Lynn, all right? It's Anthony Lynn. The problem with Anthony Lynn is, see, it's easy to fire Matt Patricia, right? It's easy to fire Matt Patricia, and Matt Patricia finally got fired. But it's not easy to fire Anthony Lynn because Anthony Lynn is very popular with the players, all right? Like, the players like him, and he is competent. It's not like he's incompetent, but he's set in his ways, man. You know what? Like Anthony Lynn, he's basically Bill O'Brien, man. He is. You know what I mean? Like it's the same thing. Like it doesn't matter how the Chargers will lose a game, but they'll lose. And it's up to the coaching staff to guide the team to victory. Let's not forget, this is the same guy that didn't want to start Herbert over uh, Tyrod Taylor. He was like, oh, you guys all think Herbert should be the starter. There's a lot you don't know about him. Like he kind of threw the kid out of the bus. Let's just be real. Anthony Lynn needs to go. Like, if we're talking about coaches that need to go in the National Football League right now, and and Matt Patricia was one of them, obviously. Matt Patricia was one of them. If we look at coaches that should be fired, clearly one guy that needs to be fired is Kyle Shanahan. Doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> Man. If you didn't get, like, stupid Kyle Shanahan in a fourth quarter of Super Bowls, you'd be, like, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like, like this guy really is a good coach. Like, this guy is a good coach. I got to tell you what. Like, if I was a college team, man, like, Michigan, like, if they get rid of Harbaugh, you should offer Kyle Shanahan, like, $20 million a year. Because <laughs> he already makes a lot in the NFL, so you'd have to offer him a lot. But Kyle Shanahan would be a great college coach. Like, because he, he'd get new players, he could adapt and stuff, he could run a system. Like, Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius, he really is, and he's got, like, average players. Mostert's not a great running back. He made Mostert a great running back. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have a ton of talent, and now he's really injured, 
I'm telling you, San Francisco is still kind of in this thing right now. They are at five and six. They're not going to quit. And they're not all that far off. Arizona are six and five. So, you know, they're one game behind Arizona. The Rams are seven and four. So, you know, they're they're two games off from the Rams. But they beat the Rams twice, right? They beat the Rams twice. So that's that's pretty big. You know, like the 49ers, you can't write them off yet. But I'm going to write them off right now because the 49ers are playing my Buffalo Bills next Monday. Buffalo Bills, three-point favorites right now. Bills open up. Interesting that they have a number for this game, considering we don't know where this game is going to be. You know, that's that's what's pretty interesting about this. So as we were talking about it earlier, I think Santa Clara County is overreacting. Uh, they're overreacting to this. I, you know, listen, I know they have big problems with COVID, and I'm not making light of it. But San Francisco with Buffalo playing a football game or Cal playing a basketball game isn't going to, like, you know, it's not changing anything. Yeah, really. It's just doing more harm than good, actually. So, like, honestly, like, well, so it's like, oh, well, oh, you're exposing people at the airport. You're exposing people in hotels. Well, you know what? If you're making San Francisco go play somewhere else, you're exposing them and you're exposing people. <laughs> like, so it's the same crap. Like, you know what I'm saying? Wouldn't it be safer for the San Francisco 49er players not to have to get on a plane and go travel to play the game next Monday? Wouldn't that be safer? How many people are going to get exposed to them due to the travel? Right? Like, it, it, it's, you know, it's all for show. And as I stated earlier, they, you know, the guy dropped, the, 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 the county commissioner guy, the city councilor, you know, no one's special. That's why, you know, no, you know, everyone's treated the same. Well, not everyone should be treated the same. In the same way that Walmarts are open and stuff and, and um, you know, because you got to buy things, whatever. Sports is essential, all right? It's a massive part of people's lives. Millions of people watch it on television. Tens of millions of people. Uh, people bet on it. The economy, like, sports generates a ton of money. All right, for a lot of people, even if there's not fans there, it still generates money for people. All right, why do you think Edmonton um, and Toronto wanted to host the uh, the NHL hubs and you know Orlando and stuff? It's hotel rooms, like there's it's food, it's uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. The NBA spent hundreds of millions of dollars in Orlando, cost them 150 million dollars just to create the bubble and then all the other money that they spent. Imagine the residual stuff of the food that they ordered and just you know, all the stuff, the money, um, you know? It's it's big business. So I, I think it's stupid what they're doing in Santa Clara, but they're doing it. They're serious about it. It's not just lip service. They are doing it. Uh, Ian Rappaport is reporting that it looks like the San Francisco 49er Buffalo Bill game is going to be in Arizona. So great. Buffalo returns to where they just lost on a Hail Mary. <laughs> That's great. I was hoping the Bills were going to catch a break and they just make this game. Uh, they just make this game in Buffalo, but I kind of knew they weren't going to do that. I figured they'd make them play on the West Coast somewhere. So essentially, it looks it's not confirmed yet, but I, it seems like this is the plan that the San Francisco 49ers are going to play the rest of the season in Arizona. That they would live in San Francisco still. They would live in the Bay Area still. But they would then travel to Arizona to play their home games. They don't. They don't. They only have a couple of home games left, right? So Arizona supposedly is agreed and given them permission, and they can use Arizona Stadium. 
And that's that's the um, that's that's looks like what's going to happen here with the San Francisco. So Buffalo, we do a line check now. Buffalo are three point favorites in this football game. I got to tell you, I'm not uh, as a Bills fan. I'm not taking this game for granted. I know it's going to be tough, but what's interesting about this game is uh, Josh Allen. This is Josh Allen's homecoming game, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bills Mafia, because I know you're tuning in. I know we have a lot of Bills fans. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe the Bills have played in San Francisco uh, since Josh Allen's been a quarterback. I think this is his first time playing at home. Um, Josh Allen is from the Bay Area, to be exact. He's from Fresno. He's from Fresno. So um, it's a homecoming for Josh Allen. Allen's going to be fired up for this football game. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, they're having a great year, all right? They're having a great year. Are they a perfect football team? No. No, they're not a perfect team. The problem with the Bills is they're just not as good as the Chiefs are. You know what I mean? Like, the Bills can beat anybody else, but they're not as good as the Chiefs. And they can also lose to anybody as well. We'll get into the NFL playoff picture in the line check here, but Cleveland at Buffalo in the playoffs... Buffalo will beat Cleveland. Cleveland are you know, Cleveland are barely getting by with Baker Mayfield, but they're winning games. I'll give them credit. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. some bad news for you. Oh, no, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. What is it? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. Late Night Anger Management class uh, continues. I am uh, Marenzi throwing it down on Sports Rage Sunday, Bloody Sunday. All right, great stuff uh, with Big Man on campus. We're just talking about uh, the NFL. Man, we got a lot of creeps in our chat. Like, I don't know, we just attract them. I think Big Man attracts them, I attract them. Um, <laughs> when I say a lot of creeps, it's like two or three psychos with like multiple names that talk to each other and stuff. It's like, all right. Um, I personally don't care. Um, as long as they don't spam our chat, I really don't care what they say. I just ignore I don't read them anyway. Like, it doesn't matter to me. And, but for me also, it's sort of like, uh, like I said, it's like a Nirvana concert or a Metallica show. You know? It's like Kurt Cobain said. He goes, man, we have a lot of idiots and jackasses as fans now. Like, <laughs> That's why Kurt Cobain killed himself. He didn't want to tour anymore. He looked out into the crowd. He was like, holy crap, it's nothing but frat boys with backwards hats on and stuff. He goes, I hate these people because I can't do this anymore. And they told him, no, no, you got to keep touring. Just one more tour. They kept telling him, just one more tour. He should have just quit instead of putting a bullet in his head, though. <laughs> like, that's, where he, 
That's where you went wrong, Kurt. You should have just quit the ban, all right? You didn't have to, like, kill yourself. But uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, uh, Kurt Cobain. All right, yeah, I wanted to get into some soccer uh, with big man. Uh, but uh, time flew by, man. Time always flies on this show. Like I said, we're going to three hours uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, so three hours, midnight Eastern. And uh, depending on, you know, same same start time or whatever town you're in and your radio affiliate, check your local listings, as they say. Check your local listings. All right, so we're talking about the Buffalo Bills in San Francisco. Uh, it's a great year for the Buffalo Bills. Eight and three, yet, you know, are Buffalo going to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs? No. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody's knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs, guys. And, you know, Big Man said, oh, I don't, well, I don't like taking favorites. But I like taking winners. And I don't like waiting, all right? And especially this year. Listen, the Chiefs coming into the year, what was it? Like plus, uh, you know, plus 400 only or so? They were pretty big favorites, right? So you're still getting decent value right now at plus 280. Like let's say let's let's what what does five hundred dollars pay at plus two eighty? Let's see. All right, it's one of these deals where whatever. I don't want to be doing a show on Super Bowl Sunday, which I'm sure we will. And I want to be doing a show on Super Bowl Sunday, going, you know what? I knew the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, and now I got to lay nine and a half points in a game or whatever to try to make money on this. I got to figure out the point spread. I don't want to deal with that. So look, five hundred dollars on the Chiefs pays fourteen hundred. It's not bad. One one thousand pays twenty eight hundred. Thousand dollars on the Chiefs pays twenty. You'd like to get a little bit back more, so you're getting thirty eight hundred back uh, for your one thousand twenty eight hundred dollars profit. Now, like I said, who's really going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? The only thing is with the Chiefs, as crazy as it is, as good as they are, they still would have to play a bunch of playoff games. That's what makes things interesting. So they would have to play more games. Like, it's not like, well, we only have to play a game at home and then another game, we go to the Super Bowl. It's like, no, we're going to have to play. We have to play every week through here because we're not the top seed. That is, though, assuming that Pittsburgh doesn't uh, doesn't fall apart. I'm not saying Pittsburgh's going to fall apart. I think Pittsburgh's a good team. I think they're a damn dangerous team. So just for the record, if the playoffs started today, Pittsburgh by week, Colts at the Chiefs. Colts at the Chiefs. Bye-bye, Phillip Rivers. The Colts would not beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. The Dolphins at the Titans. which be, well, That'd be a fun game, but the Titans will win that game. The Browns at the Bills. The Bills have the same record as the Titans, but the Titans are the three seed because the Titans beat the Bills. So the Bills are kind of in tough here. Because if you look at the Bills, like this, like the playoffs are starting to take shape here. Like if you look at the Bills, the Bills aren't catching Pittsburgh. All right. The, the Steelers aren't going to start losing every game. The Bills already lost to the Chiefs. So they're eight and three. They're only two games behind the Chiefs, but they lost to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs win every damn week. So they're not catching the Chiefs. And then you get the Titans who are going to win their division. And the Bills are going to win their division. Yet the Titans beat the Bills. So you see where I'm saying going here? Like the Bills are kind of locked into the four spot here, guys. I mean, maybe they could move up to the three. Maybe they move up to three, but they'd have to have a better record than Tennessee because if they have the same, Tennessee beat them, right? So, you know, it looks like the Bills are sort of slotted into the four hole here in which then they would play against uh, the Browns and then... 
And then after that, the Bills would go to Pittsburgh. That's how this would play out. I'm just sort of looking. Like I said, it's yeah, we're only a month away now, guys. The Super Bowl, you know, the Super Bowl's in 10 weeks. You know, the playoffs start basically in five weeks. We have four weeks left of NFL football. It's getting real right now. That's why I don't mind playing some futures now. At plus 280, it's 10 weeks. It's two months. All right? Super Bowl Sunday is 10 weeks from today. You put it in those terms. 10 weeks from today. And weeks go by fast, too. If you have a life, they go by fast. If you're a loser troll, then, you know, I guess your life is kind of miserable and it goes kind of slow. But I know my life goes by too fast. I wish there was like 27 hours in a day, not 24. It's not enough hours in a day. Not enough hours in a day. So that's the way it would play out, man. Look, Kansas City would beat Indianapolis. Tennessee would beat Miami. So then you would have Tennessee versus Kansas City, and you would have Buffalo playing against Pittsburgh. I don't know, but Buffalo would be in trouble. Like, I, you know, I don't, I'm not telling you, oh, yeah, yeah, Buffalo would go into Pittsburgh and beat them. They could. They could. The Bills will have a chance. But the only thing is, Pittsburgh will be off for a week, right? So Pittsburgh, maybe the bye catches up to them. The one thing with Pittsburgh that I'd be concerned, uh, concerned with, and Donnie Wrightside brings this up all the time, and Donnie joins us every Tuesday. He's a great guest. Um, every Tuesday on Game Time Decisions, that is. But Donnie always brings up the COVID stuff. He goes, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, if he gets COVID or he gets hurt, right? That's always the thing. But if Pittsburgh stay healthy, they're a dangerous team moving forward. I take them seriously. I mean, they're 10-0. You have to take them seriously. So, like, you know, that's where Buffalo is going to run into a problem. They could win, but, you know, they're going to be in tough. I tell you what, whoever wins the Super Bowl this year is going to earn it because it is not going to be easy for anybody. The NFC picture is much more jumbled. They all have the same records. It shifts every week. It changes. It's not as sort of locked in. Like, the AFC picture is sort of falling into place, but the, the NFC is kind of still wide open. You know, like the Packers are eight and three. The Seahawks are about to be eight and three if they win tomorrow. You know, the Rams are seven and four. The Bucks are seven and five. They all have the same records. They've all played each other. Like it could, it could move a bit. But the one thing is, if you look at the NFC right now, the playoffs are kind of decided almost. Look, Minnesota is five and six. Chicago's five and six, but going backwards. San Francisco's five and six. But Arizona, you know what? So look, Arizona's in at six and five. They're vulnerable. So look, Detroit's not making the playoffs. So essentially, everybody that's in the NFC right now in the playoffs is going to get in, except maybe Arizona, who's six and five, because maybe the Vikings can pull it off at five and six. Maybe the Vikings is going a little bit of a run here. Uh, maybe San Francisco goes on a run. But San Francisco not playing at home anymore, even if there's no fans, it's still a disadvantage for them to be playing in Arizona now. And and they have a pretty tough schedule. They, you know, Buffalo's a good, a good football team. I was talking about the homecoming with Josh Allen. There would be no homecoming now if they don't play in the Bay Area. Now it's a, it's a return. It's a homecoming to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And then the Bills gave up another Hail Mary today. They gave up another Hail Mary today. Listen, the Saints are a damn dangerous team as well. The Saints are like a complete football team. 
We talked about it with Paul Bovey uh, last month, and he was bang on. And I liked it as well at 13-1. to 1. He got it at 16-1. to 1. I still think the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. You know, it's not a lock, but the Saints really are going to have to play two games only. The Saints are going to have a bye. They're going to have a bye. They're going to be difficult to beat. They have a great defense. Sean Payton's a great coach. And everybody else is flaky in the NFC. You know, the Packers are good, but the Packers... The Packers can't string it together like three weeks in a row, I don't think, against good teams in the playoffs. Arizona is real flaky. Arizona is going to be lucky to make the playoffs. Arizona's not ready for prime time yet. Tampa Bay can't beat good teams. Seattle are dangerous. And the Rams play up or down to the level of competition. So the Rams aren't an easy out in the playoffs, but they're also kind of inconsistent as well. They're better on the road, the Rams. I say it all the time. The Rams are a good road team. They're not a good home team. Like at home, they're not a good team to lay points with, the Rams. I was on, I've been riding the Rams and I was on San Francisco today. So just a quick check right now. You take the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 280. You could take the Saints at plus 550 and cover your bases. You have the Super Bowl covered. You have the Super Bowl covered. All right. So as far as games are concerned, line check right now. Seattle Seahawks are minus six and a half. The total is 48 and a half. Monday night football. Tuesday, Tuesday night football. Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are starting RG3. They don't have anybody. They don't have any running backs. They, they, everyone's got COVID. If you're wondering why this game got pushed back and, um, and why they forced Denver to play, even though they didn't have any quarterbacks, was because Baltimore had eight consecutive days of positive test guys. Pretty crazy. Like they they couldn't play. Like they like every day they had tests, positives. So Baltimore now getting 10 and a half in this game. Prince Gad, numbers getting out of hand, isn't it? They're getting 10 and a half. RG3 starting. Baltimore plus 385 on the money line. If you think it's going to be an upset, the total is 41 and a half. So that's on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern. Unfortunately, because of all of this stuff, though, so if you get a game on Tuesday. But there's no Thursday night football now because the Baltimore Ravens were supposed to be playing, <laughs> all right, against the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday. But now they're playing on Tuesday against the Steelers, so they can't play on Thursday. So now they're going to play that game on Monday, if you, if, you, if you got that. So next Monday, we got a doubleheader. Next Monday, the Buffalo Bills play San Francisco, not in San Francisco unless something changes. And then we have earlier in the day at 5 o'clock Eastern, we're going to have Baltimore and Dallas. It's a Dallas. We're going to have to watch this train wreck of a team again. God knows what Mike McCarthy's going to do. So Seattle minus 6.5, totals 48.5 Monday Night Football. We'll have all your picks for that on game time decisions. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers minus 10.5 on Tuesday, total 41.5. Miami Dolphins, 11.5 point favorites over the Cincinnati Bengals. In Miami, 42 and a half. Tennessee Titans, minus four and a half, hosting Cleveland, over under 52 and a half. Indianapolis Colts, two and a half point road favorites at Houston, total 54. Jacksonville, get nine and a half at Minnesota, 51 and a half. The Raiders were future today and screwed me. Raiders, minus eight at the Gang Green, future Jets. Portrait late night continues.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Late night anger management class. Three minute warning. Quickest 120 minutes in sports. So tomorrow night we uh, roll uh, 180 minutes. We go an hour later. Oh boy. Oh boy. Whoa. Oh, Nelly. Uh, as we say, that's going to be interesting. People get crazier and dumber as the uh, the hours go on in the late night hours. All right. So. <laughs> I mean, we may uh, be, we may get blessed with uh, Jesus Christ in the chat again. Uh, I hope not. Um, <laughs> I hope not. Um, but yeah, people get crazier, um, and you know. So I don't know. Well, maybe we'll take calls in the last hour of the show in the, in the real late night hours. But then you know, there's going to be a lot of f bombs and crazy people calling and stuff like that. Wait till we get back on satellite. And uh, we're going live on satellite and stuff. There'll be a lot of freaky uh, callers. Maybe it'll be the return of the Rickster. You know who we miss, actually? Bob in Vermont. Uh, we miss Bob in Vermont. Bob in Vermont's not gone. Um, but um, he hasn't called in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's too late for Bob. You know, Bob works in like a senior home in Vermont. It's kind of late for him. You know, Bob, Bob liked it when we were doing a morning show. All right, but um, yeah, it's a morning show now. It's it's three in the morning, right? It's it's a morning show. It's freaking late somewhere wherever you're tuning in right now. It's not, you know. I know we got West Coast, uh, we got West Coast listeners. All right, so thanks to Big Man on Campus for joining us. As far as tomorrow's football game, I already have Seattle on the back end of some plays with Green Bay, so I just need Seattle to win this football game. I'll tease Seattle to the over, go over with 41 and a half here, and just have Seattle try to win a game. We'll approach some props uh, in this game as well. Uh, college basketball in the morning, uh, noon Eastern time, Davidson in Texas playing in Asheville, North Carolina, the Maui Invitational. It's not really in Hawaii because of COVID. So it's in North Carolina. The total is 136 and a half. That's too low, man. Both these teams, come on, man. It's, you know, the mid-60s, they both get into the mid-60s. We get there. Give me the over Davidson, Texas. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. <laughs> 